Welcome to Four Down Territory. As Stick and Mike take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Slareth and Evans kicking it off with First Down. Well, Football America, you got no choice but to accept the fact that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs are now officially, officially a dynasty. Back-to-back Super Bowls for the first time in almost 20 years. And Patrick Mahomes isn't apologizing. I feel like we, we enjoy it every single day. We have fun. We play hard. Um, and it's not always pretty, but we just continue to fight to the very end. And um, I know you get fatigue of the team sometimes, of one team winning. Um, but we try to enjoy it and just enjoy the moment that we have together um, and enjoy um, um, just kind of what we can do every single day to, to bring the best out of each other. Is it only fair, I guess, even here in Broncos country? Do you do you have to tip your cap to them? Oh, well. Do you, do you have to just say, hey, look, it, I, it, it sucks, but, man. Yeah, they're well. They're good. Like I said, folks like you that wouldn't give them the dynasty moniker before the game, I mean, it was on their mind. You're telling me that if the 49ers had won yesterday, you'd be prepared to come in here this morning and still call the Chiefs a dynasty? I told you I already thought they were a dynasty well, before that you, game you, even kicked well, off. Well, then you'd been wrong. You'd no. have been wrong. You'd, you'd have no. looked foolish. You are the one that looks foolish. Well, no, you would have looked foolish. You motivated I the moti- Chiefs. Yes, I motivated them. Yes. Thank you. I well, carry that kind of power. Thank yes. you. All we can do now is hope the rest of the AFC bands together. To stop the Chiefs in this epic run. I'm not calling for bounties, Mike. Not calling for a bounty. All I'm saying. Of course, we got the right guy for it. Too soon? Too soon? Too soon? Too soon? No, 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 no. (laughs) It's not too soon. (laughs) Too soon? I mean, if that's what you're calling for. Yeah, if there's one guy that knows. (laughs) If there's one guy that knows. But we're not calling for a bounty. No, we're not. We're not calling for a bounty. But we we are calling for the rest of the AFC because, you know, this point, we're kind of out of that. We're out of that <laughs> We're calling for the Mahon or the uh, Allens and the Burrows and the Herberts. Oh no, not the Herberts, please! I don't know if I could take that. I don't know if I could take that. The Herberts, the Herberts, the Chargers, Harbaugh. No, 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 no. Harbaugh. No, I'm just. I. I mean, if there's one consolation to all of this, is that I know the Chargers are always going to charge her. I mean, don't, don't. Are you kidding me? Don't don't create that scenario, please. Second down. Kyle Shanahan, why'd you take the ball first in overtime? Uh, it's just something we talked about with, you know, the, none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked to those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, the both teams matched and scored. We wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least a field goal, and if, if we did, then we thought it was in our hands after that. All right, share with uh, everyone what you and I were talking about during the break. Just read a tweet. I can't remember who it was from, but basically said, talked to several 49er players. They weren't aware of the overtime rules where Kansas City was. It was a scenario that they planned for all week and said that if the Niners got the ball and scored a touchdown, they were going to go down, score a touchdown, and go for two, either lose it or win it. Yep. So that was their plan going in. Of course, they only needed the touchdown. It's exactly what they got. 
winning that football game, what, 25-22? You like the overtime rules? First time we've seen them in effect? You like yeah, them? I didn't, yeah, they're they're fine. I mean, they're fine with me. Yeah. I, I don't I, I like the idea of both teams having a chance to have the ball. It was just kind of interesting to see the 49ers because in college, the the idea right away is you let the other team if you win the toss, let the other team go first so you know what you have to do. Right. And you made a great point that the benefit of going second is that every drive now you go in knowing it's a, it's four downs. It's Yeah, from the – I don't care if you get the ball at your own two. Right. It's four down territory. Correct. So, yeah, hindsight being 20-20. And I understand, like, they probably did it because their defense just defended. Although Kyle said after the game, I, I he was asked specifically, did you do it because you thought your defense was tired? He said, no, that had nothing to do with it. Well, then that, I think that's a mistake. You should have deferred. Know what you have to know what you have to get, and you can go for two and either be a hero or a goat. But yeah, I'm agree with you. We as we're we're watching the game. I I thought the same thing. Is if San Francisco scores here, Chiefs get a chance, and I think you're going to get down to a scenario where they not only have to score, but if they score, they're going to go for two. Because then then you're looking at now now your defense is gassed. If you get into a second round basically of overtime after both teams have put together mm-hmm. um, long touchdown drives, now now your defenses are just done. So you might as well just go for it now. One right. way or another, find out if you're Well, gone. and the other thing is, is they had the one play that scored the touchdown to win it. They called it, remember, Wasp? That was a couple of years ago when Tyreek Hill caught that long, whatever it was, third down and 17 or whatever the hell it was. And that led them, they're down by 10. That led them on a, you know, on a three touchdown to win 30 to 21 or whatever it was. And then this was Corndog. That play was called Corndog. So now we have to listen to Corndog. And a two-point conversion, if that was the case, the scenario, you know, there would have been some ridiculous, like Circus Freak would have been the name of the play, something like that. Kills me. Third down. Mike Kliss to the drive on Friday about maybe, 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 maybe we're not done with the Russell Wilson thrill ride here. I have no intel on what they're thinking. I'm just saying if they're smart about this, they're realizing, okay, the $37 million in 2025 is going to go away. Is that what we want? Do we want to collect $35 million this year and then have nothing after that, which is what a release will do? Or if, uh, you, down, if you go down to, let's say, $20 million this year, will you guarantee $30 million in um, the following year? Mike says he doesn't have any intel on this, that he's... Sort of speculating. Mike's such a Mike's a good reporter. I I have we've done enough stuff with Mike Cliss over the years. I don't think Mike just throws out his own speculation without something behind it. That this idea has at least been floated. The idea being that hey, we owe Russell Wilson a lot of money. How about if Russ? Knowing that he doesn't have guaranteed money for 2025 if the Broncos cut him. He'll have guaranteed money for 2024, but not 2025. Hey, work with the Broncos like the Broncos wanted him to do initially. Mm -hmm. Work with the Broncos, restructure the contract, give the Broncos some financial relief, but at least you're guaranteeing yourself a good amount of money for two years. 
rather than all that money in one year and maybe nothing in year two. Okay, so I would I would say this, that the Broncos weren't renegotiating the contract. They just wanted the injury guarantee waived. To buy themselves time. I understand what they wanted. Which is what this idea is, buying I, themselves time. I think they just wanted to avoid injuries so they weren't on the hook when they knew they were going to release him. So where'd the source of the information come from on the Russell Wilson, we want you to waive your injury clause? Where do you think that info, where do you, you think the Broncos released that or do you think Russ's people released it? Russ did. Who do you think released, if somebody released information, who do you think released information? This weekend? Yeah. Russ's people. Meaning they know what the market is and they know their client will be playing on minimum wage somewhere if he does. With zero guarantees. Not for this year. He'll get guarantees from Broncos this year. For this year. But I'm saying... But he'll have no guarantees for 2025. I'm saying yes. They they read the market. And they know what the market thinks of Russ. So right now, if that if that information was, per chance, leaked to uh, Mr. Kliss, I, I I feel like I pretty much know where that, uh, that leak is coming from. Same place it always comes from. Broncos country. That's right. Broncos country. Let's rock. <laughs> uh, part of me isn't ready to give this up yet. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Part of me, part of me just, and I'll tell you why. I'm, part of me is not ready to give this up yet. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Coming up next. The power's out at our house. Ah, coffee table. But since our family has storm ready Wi-Fi from Xfinity, we can stream or game in the dark as I try and fill around for a seat. Ah, here we go. Oh, who moved the couch? Get storm-ready Wi-Fi only from Xfinity, so you can stay connected for up to four hours, even when the power goes out. Restrictions apply. Limited to customers within range of 4G, LTE, cellular signal. Speeds reduced to 30 slash 7 megabits per second. Actual speeds vary. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash stormready. Denver Sports Station 1043 The Man presents Schlereth and Evans. The day after the Super Bowl, the day after the uh, Chiefs clinched the fact that they were a dynasty. The day after John Elway presents the Super Bowl trophy. Only thing missing was him saying this one's for Pat. So does it make sense? Does a arranged, what's the old term, the shotgun marriage? Yeah. Does an arranged marriage continuing between Sean Payton and, and Russell Wilson make any sense? With some of the reports around this weekend that, hey, Russ might be willing to play ball financially with the Broncos to make sure he has some guaranteed money beyond 2024, might that be the way to go for the Broncos? Here, Here's why it could make sense. In this age of Mahomes, and let's face it, we're in the age of Mahomes, okay? It, 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 it hurts to say it's like, you know, choking on bile, but he's not going anywhere. His world, we're just living in it. For a while. Yeah. So during this this time that we're in, does it make sense to say, okay, maybe Russ isn't the long-term answer, but considering the financial commitment we, we have to make to him, is it better just to have him here playing and you can continue to build up your football team in this age of Mahomes, knowing that the chances of finding that quarterback that's going to be able to go head-to-head with Mahomes right now 
is remote. Well, I don't think you're going to find a quarterback to go head-to-head, but let's clear a couple things up. One, shotgun wedding is because you're pregnant. True. Okay, so oh, there was no hanky-panky going on between Sean and Russ before they met. <laughs> Zero. That's, no, it was true. not spicy. That's true. That's it was true. not spicy. So this would be the arranged marriage. This is an arranged this marriage. This is the arranged marriage. So, okay. okay right. I'm glad we cleared that All right. Up. Arranged marriage. Yeah, because there is no way anybody's prego over there. Okay. Two, I would say that you know what you have in Russ. And you know what you have in Russ is not good enough to do what you want to do. So rip off the Band-Aid. Kicking the can down the road for another two seasons ends up putting you right where you are right now. And, I mean, San Francisco got to a Super Bowl with Mr. Irrelevant. And on top of that, they drafted, what's his head, third overall, Trey Lance. And they still saw it fit to draft another guy because they liked his skill set. You will find somebody you really like. And then it's a matter of playing that guy and deciding, maybe this guy can take us where we want to go. Maybe he can't. But you already know in your mind, in your heart of hearts, you know, and even Broncos country knows in their heart of hearts. Even the Rusties know in their heart of hearts. This ain't going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Is it kicking the can down the road if you don't find anybody else better? Um, well, But that's what I'm saying. In is, the short term. That's what I'm saying is you're going to find somebody that can do what Russ does. You can find any. I mean, there's myriad of different quarterbacks out there that can do what, what he's done the last two seasons. So... Then you just say, "Hey, man, uh, you know it comes down to it comes down to what is the ceiling." Like Russ is playing at the ceiling, and you know what? We realize even with him playing at the ceiling, we're not good enough. So I might as well get a guy that can do exactly what he does that I think has the potential of breaking through that glass barrier. But you're 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 overlooking though this this part of the scenario because I agree with you. If if Sean finds himself a quarterback. Can we can we both agree Sean's not going to be one of those guys that's going to con himself into drafting a quarterback or trading for a quarterback or signing a quarterback that he doesn't truly believe he can work with and win with. He's not going to con himself, yeah. right? Okay. okay. All right, let's let's just put that aside as as our baseline. So then what happens? Like you you've been advocating for the idea of signing Sam Darnold, which I I don't disagree with. But what if plenty what if there's some other teams out there that look at Sam Darnold the way you do, and it starts to become a bit of a, a bidding war for Sam Darnold, and suddenly the asking price or the signing price for Darnold gets to the point where it's just too prohibitive to spend money on him on top of the money that you'd be eating by cutting Russ. Because the whole idea that we've... Like, I've tried to quiet the fear mongers out there by saying, hey... Don't, don't buy into what the fear mongers out there are saying because you can still have a quarterback that's carrying a big cap hit, and if you can bring in a cheaper alternative, you can still be fine. Mm-hmm. Look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady had a $35 million cap hit this year. Russ is going to be around $39 million this year if you cut him. They found Baker Mayfield for $4 bucks, and they went 9-8, and eight, won their division, and won a playoff game. 
You could do that here, but it's with the idea that you're going to be able to get a quarterback for relatively cheap money. What if that quarterback that you like starts to get priced out of your range? Then you look around and you're kind of like, all right, where do we go now? So, I'm saying that's the, that's, right. that's, the, that, that's the scenario I'm painting as to how that arranged marriage between Russ and Sean continues. Right. And, we'll say, and here's what I would tell you. So let's say all those free agent scenarios that you just pointed out, let's say all those things do come down the pike and they can't get anybody signed. You know, Darnold wants to go somewhere else. All the quarterbacks want to go somewhere else. Then you're going to dip into the draft at 12 and say, okay, what are our options? Who do we like? Where can we get that guy? And I think ultimately what you're saying is, I think, or what I'm telling you is, I think we can find, whether it's Penix, whether it's whether it's Bo Nix, whether it's somebody else, uh, Pratt, and maybe in, in later round, whatever it is, I feel like any one of those guys can operate the offense that I want to run better than Russell Wilson does. They can operate the offense better. Doesn't mean they're going to, you know, that doesn't mean they can play off schedule better and make some plays and all that, but they can operate the offense better. Therefore, I believe they have a higher upside potential, a higher ceiling than that of Russ. And I know I can get those guys signed because I'm going to draft them. So if you can't get the dude you want in free agency, you're going to, that, that's going to change the way. I said it, I said it last week. If you don't get a free agent, you're going to find out exactly what their draft plan is. If there's no free agent signed here, if Sam Darnold isn't signed here to a $10 million deal or you're not traded for Mac Jones or whatever, you're drafting your quarterback at 12. If they sign that guy, then you may push back in the draft and you may go get a guy in the second or third round, but we're going to know based on free agency what their plan is in the draft. But I do not believe in any way, shape, or form that they've even discussed Russell coming back. Well, I'm telling you that if... He doesn't love a quarterback at twelve. He's not going to take him. He's not going to con himself into taking a quarterback at twelve if he doesn't believe in the guy. No, I agree with that. Now I, he might take a guy in the second or third round. Yeah, then he would. Then he might. But trade that guy's back. not going to play right away. Why? What do you mean he's not going to play right right away? You think a second or a third round pick's going to play right away? Yeah, if he likes him. I mean, if he's if he truly believes that that's his guy, absolutely. I don't think you're keeping Russ just to say, hey, he'll be my bridge until this guy's ready. Why not? Why would you commit yourself to another year of that misery? <laughs> if it's arranged, if it's an arranged marriage, okay. Yeah, uh, but all right. he's the dad and the dowry isn't good enough. Okay. There's not enough cows. You, so you see he no chance. Not, no he, chance. He did not get enough cows in the He did not get deal. enough cows in the dowry? No, there was not enough cows. Up next and what's trending, was were there any ads, any Super Bowl ads that stood out? Any? I thought there was one. Share that with you next. Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now. Face it, Broncos country and the rest of the NFL. It's Patrick Mahomes' world, and we're all just living in it. Guys, staying with the process, keeping believing. Um, you just—you never know how it's going to happen, and to be able to go play three three great teams to get to this game and play another great team and um, win all those games—it uh, was a true uh, road in the playoffs, and uh, we were able to come through and be Super Bowl champs. 
Man, I thought they were vulnerable this year. Yeah. I thought they were. Especially when the Broncos beat them. It was like, okay. By the way, again, the, the whole idea. Remember when Tyreek Hill left and, you know, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have enough weapons? Yeah. What have I always tried to tell you? If you're going to be spending one of these huge, huge contracts on a quarterback, you're going to be spending $200, $250 million on a quarterback. It better be with the idea that he's making below average receivers average, average receivers above average, and above average receivers great. That's that's the quarterback's responsibility when you're paying him that kind of money. Correct. And man, did Mahomes prove that? I mean, he's got Kelsey, sure, mm-hmm. but you look at what he's done with all those receivers, and he found a way another win another Super Bowl. I know it's incredible. It's and incredible. you else did that? Brady did that. Yeah. Peyton did that. I mean, you look at them. They were saying in that last drive in overtime, he eclipsed 300 yards passing. Win. Yeah, exactly. Like, when? Who had catches? Like, certainly Kelsey was, hell, I think he had one catch at halftime for one yard or something. It was incredible. Just keep figuring it out. They just keep figuring it out. Kyle Shanahan, you are now part of three Super Bowl teams that have blown 10-point leads. I think when you go against guys like Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes, you better never feel comfortable with the lead. And those are two of the best players to ever play the game. And that's why whether you have a lead or you're down points, it's, I mean, those guys are always in it. You watch them all the time do that stuff. Hmm. Is it, just, is it just a fluke that this keeps happening to him? Offensive coordinator oh. of the uh, uh, Atlanta Falcons that blew that 28-3 lead. Now two 10-point leads blown in the Super Bowl. Is it just a fluke, or what? what is his role in all this? Well, I mean, obviously, like the first drive where Christian McCaffrey fumbles down, you know, in the red zone. Like, those are things that can't happen to you when you're playing against Mahomes. The fact that you didn't capitalize on a dominant performance by your defense in the first half, that's, that's a problem. And the fact that the third quarter rolls around and you throw six straight passes, that's a problem. So there are some coaching decisions in there that I think are questionable. And now that I think about, now that I've seen the new overtime rules and how they played out and heard, you know, from Kansas City Chiefs players, Chris Jones in particular, like, hey, man, even if we scored, we're going for two. And we're ending that thing in overtime. You know, win, lose, or draw, or either win or lose. We're going to end it in overtime. The value of having the ball second, because now everything is four down territory. And it's just, and you as an offense understand that, but the defense, the pressure that puts on the defense, because think about it. Now you got to, you got, got to cover low to high. So you have the potential of giving up the big play over the top, which you're concerned about. But if you don't stay tight underneath, you're just going to pick them apart at, you know, five yards of crack, even in the passing game, and you get, you'll just keep converting. So, yeah, just pretty interesting now having watched it played out, thinking that the the question or the scenario, you know, that Kyle chose with the ball, that it would have been better to have, have that ball second. He's not in any trouble, is he? 
No. Like, as far as Dude, you went to the Super Bowl with job? Brock Purdy. As a, you know, seven, and I, I I mean, I'm a yeah, but believer his, in Brock. Yeah, that's his choice. That was, that that's Kyle's choice. Yeah, well, what choice do you have? You went into the season with him as your choice, but, I mean, he became your quarterback because Trey Lance got hurt, Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, and then Brock Purdy got hurt, or Brock Purdy came in and played really well. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you, you have done unbelievable things, and you've matched up. You've matched up in the Super Bowl three times, going back to your days as a coordinator with Atlanta against Tom Brady, the GOAT, and Mahomes, GOAT number two. So, you know, I I don't think you can hold him accountable for that. So I thought it was another forgettable year of Super Bowl ads. Very few stood out. But I thought this was the best of the best. How do you like them donuts? I'm so sorry. You had to see it, but I forgive you. Lay us on the track. Are we going to be on the album? We talked about this. Let's go. You're blinded by them pinstripes. Wrap it up. There goes Babe Ruth. Tom, you can stay. And then, and then this... As Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are walking away, Matt Damon says, you know when I said I'd do anything mm-hmm. this, for you? Yeah, this, this is, is it. <laughs> this is anything. I thought that was, I thought that was the best ad. They, they, they all sucked, pretty much. But I thought that was the best one. By the way, what did you think of the halftime show? Uh, very, very forgettable. Very forgettable. It was, uh, I thought, as soon as it was over, I was like, okay. I'll, I'll, I will never remember that one as standing out. As soon as it happened or started happening, I was I went to the kitchen to wash dishes, but I thought it was slow, so I really wasn't watching. I was just kind of listening, but I thought to myself, "Black Eyed Peas, move over. You've got competition." <laughs> oh, really? Well, so, you, you so when Rolling Stone comes out with their yeah, you'd mentioned listing. on Friday that yeah. Black Eyed Peas was rated as the worst. The worst, yes. So you think this one could go down as the worst? I don't think it was that bad, but you know, it definitely wasn't uh, great. I don't know. It wasn't it, memorable. It felt like a big. It felt like it felt like the eighth grade dance where you, you know, everybody's waiting to dance with the, get the courage up to ask on the slow dance. We had we had the little show text chain going, so you guys both thought Fever and, and Rogue. You guys both thought the the audio was off, right? Rogue, you you made that comment, right? Yeah, yeah. Just John did too. I feel like the audio recently, the past few years, is just so terrible when it comes to the music. Like they don't take the time to make sure that the sound is coming through the screen the way that it is in the stadium, and you can just hardly hear them singing, which sucks. But so you didn't think it was that good? I thought it. It looked like it was good. But you just couldn't really hear if it was good. Johnny, what'd you think? It was all right. I mean, I would give it like a six or seven, but because the audio mix was so horrible, I'd give it like a four or five. What about when Usher took his shirt off? I was kind of tuned out by that point, so maybe that's uh, indicative of what I, I thought of the halftime. I didn't show. need to see him take his shirt off. <laughs> Did you? Well, I wasn't. I thought it was a little was, weird how. I wasn't offended like, by it. I mean, the guy. Yoked. He doesn't need soda. No. Yoked. No. Yeah, he's yoked. 
Man, yo. He's yoked. He's not. Dude, he's yoked. Dude, there's not one person in America that looked at him and go, wow, he's yoked. You don't think so? I thought he looked yoked. No. Cut. Yoked. Cut. No. No? No. He What's looks, your definition of yoked? He looks skinny fat to me. What's your definition of yoked? He looked both skinny and okay, fat. Come on, come on. I'm setting you up with a... I'm setting you up right oh, for your... What is your definition of yoked, Mark well, Let me take my shirt off. I'll That's what I thought. There yeah. you go. That is what is uh, trending as we uh, bring that to you each and every uh, morning at 7.30. Coming up, we'll uh, turn it over to you, uh, Texas. A lot to react to. Uh, the Super Bowl, the Chiefs. They're a dynasty, right? What do you do about it? If you're the Broncos, how do you build your team in this age of Mahomes? And do you want Russ back? Broncos country, do you want Russ back? That's next. It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver's Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. No, no, no chance. No chance of Russ and Sean getting back together. There's nothing to these reports over the weekend. Nothing. No. The idea that Russ and the Broncos might try to work out a a, a new contract, restructure the contract to so that each 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 side wins a little bit. Broncos get some cap relief. Russ gets some guaranteed money for 2025 that he doesn't have right now. I would rather eat the cap. I would rather eat the cap. The whole, you name it, give it all to me. I'd rather eat it all than work something out. By the way, I do have to mention, it's uh, Mrs. S's birthday today. Happy birthday, Mrs. S. All right. Way to go. Yeah. It's your mom's birthday too, Johnny? Oh, wow. Wow. So Fever's mom and your mom, or your mom, your wife. I'm not your father, am I? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, no. I mean, my wife is God, not God, I hope not. <laughs> well, in this hey, case, your the apple, mom and my wife are different people, right? In this case, the apple fell far from the tree. <laughs> He's a little scrawny fella. He's not scrawny. He's just scrawny. little. Johnny, Johnny Fever is, is, is little. Dude, you can't call Usher yoked. And call Johnny Scrawny in the same voice. Sure you can. No, they, yeah, you can't. They're about. They're probably close to the same size. Come on, man. By the way, another recommendation for uh, good commercials. There were very few, but somebody said, "What about the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger neighbor?" Neighbor. I did like that one. I did. I like that one. I'd say the one of the first commercials of the of the Super Bowl because I dig these commercials was where they were washing the feet. The Jesus commercials. Okay. He gets us. I, lo- I love those. I think those commercials are awesome. Okay. So I thought that was cool. That that wasn't, you know, funny. No. It was just good. Okay. I, got I did like the, the neighbor. 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 Danny DeVito. Get me out of this chopper. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I did like that. Uh, how about the Christopher Walken one? Everybody imitating. Eh, yeah. 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 Now, if you could have had Frank Caliendo doing Christopher Walken, because all the Christopher Walken... Impressions were really bad. Well, I mean, I loved, I liked the premise, but uh, yeah, just, they were really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evans, what the heck is wrong with you? Stop with this. We want Russell back. BS. Nobody wants this to happen. Here's here's what, what I'm I'm pitching here. Okay. And by the way, this is this is a message to Broncos country to 
to give give yourselves a break as we go into this whole quarterback debate. Because rather than twisting yourself up into knots with, oh, the Broncos need to do this, they need to get this quarterback, they need, relax, relax. Because look at it this way. Sean Payton's, it's Sean Payton's show. Sean's not going to draft, trade for, or sign a quarterback that he doesn't believe in. Mm -hmm. So if Sean goes out and gets a quarterback, then you can feel good as a Bronco fan that the guy in charge really believes in this guy. That's the way I look at it. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't draft, sign, trade for a quarterback, it tells me nobody really piqued his his, his curiosity. So if he doesn't find somebody that he really, really believes he can work with, hold on to that 12th pick, draft a stud football player, go out in free agency and continue to try to improve this football team and make it work with Russ for another year. And by the way, you can move on after because just because you guarantee some some money for 2025, it'll be less of a guarantee mm-hmm. than you would have under the old contract. And you can still move on from him after 2024, and, and the cap hit isn't as prohibitive. Sure. I mean, I understand the concept that you're laying out, but... I think there's two factors, two main factors that prohibit the Broncos and Sean Payton more specifically from doing that deal. One, there isn't a personality fit there. Two, there's not a scheme fit there. So... If you don't see eye to eye from a personality standpoint and you don't see eye to eye or you you can't make it work from a scheme standpoint, a schematic standpoint, then why would you continue to torture yourself for two more years? Because in this age of Mahomes, why bring in or go in a direction a quarterback that you don't believe in? Instead... Continue to build up your football team, right. but you're but and you and, just contradicted yourself. How did I cut? No, how? Don't continue to go down a road when a quarterback you don't believe in. You don't believe in Russ. No, you don't. He don't believe. He don't believe. No. So you just you said don't go down the road with a quarterback you don't believe in. Well, you don't believe in Russ. No, but I, at least if you have to pay Russ, then you go down the road with Russ for another year. You're playing it year to year, and if you don't. Mark, this is all based on the idea that there's not a quarterback out there that really that 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 Sean looks at and says, "I want this guy." If he does, then absolutely. I'm I'm not advocating for Sean to suppress whatever belief he has in a quarterback just to try to make it work with Russ. No, if he has a quarterback that he really covets, then absolutely I want him to go after that quarterback and I want him to kick Russ to the curb. This whole premise of bringing Russ back is based on the idea of what if he doesn't find that guy? If Let's say he looks at the draft picks. Let's break it down one by one. What if he looks at the draft picks and says, yeah, I love Caleb Williams and Drake May, but 
yeah, I don't really, I don't see it in Penix or Bonix or J.J. Mm-hmm. McCarthy, and I certainly don't believe that they're worth taking at number 12. What if I like Sam Darnold? I'd love to sign Sam Darnold. But Sam Darnold has a lot of interest from other teams, and now the asking price is getting too expensive. This isn't as simple as signing Baker Mayfield to a one-year $4 million deal. What if I'm looking at trading for uh, a, a, a young quarterback that's in need of rehab, like a Mac Jones or a Zach Wilson, but we just don't have the draft equity to make it happen. Now all of a sudden you're looking around at all your outlets for improving the quarterback position, and and this has always been my my point that I when I first floated the idea that maybe we shouldn't be so hasty as to close the the book on Russ is what if there's just nothing better out there, and he looks at and says, all right, hey, I, I got to take the long view with this. I just watched Patrick Mahomes in a year in which the Chiefs looked incredibly vulnerable. They just won another Super Bowl. Guess what? They're probably not going anywhere. The last thing I should do right now is take a gamble on a quarterback I don't believe in when I can at least, I got to pay Russ anyway, I can at least go another year with Russ. It's not ideal, but at least in the meantime, I can continue to build up my football team. I would just continue to argue that whether it's Penix, whether it's Bonix, whether it's J.J. McCarthy, one of those guys can operate what you did last year. They can operate what you did last year. They can do the same thing you did last year in that hand it off, run the boot keep, and run the play pass game. That's not a big ask. And on top of that, I believe that one of those three is a better anticipatory thrower. I believe all those three are better anticipatory throwers than Russell Wilson that can go actually through a progression and get to the right guy. So my thought process is this. Yeah, there'll be some growing pains because they're young, but, I mean, I had those growing pains here with Russ and we couldn't operate the offense. I just keep going back to the film and the lack of schematic fit and think there is no way I am going to go back through that with a guy in year 13. There's no way I'm going to do that because the frustration of that for Sean Payton, we saw it on the sideline on several different occasions. Sure. There's a frustration there because you can't run your system. And again, I I, I mean, I talked to Drew Brees at the Super Bowl. There's not a scheme fit there. That scheme, it does not fit. Well, you're making a mistake if you use the 12th overall pick on a quarterback just with the idea that he'll be a little bit better than Russ, or he can be better than Russ. That can't be your motivation. Okay. It's well, got to be, if you're going to take a quarterback there, it's got to be with the idea. This guy, I believe, I coach him up, he can go toe-to-toe with the other supposed sure. great quarterbacks in the AFC. Okay, that, that's got to be the and if he and if he sees a quarterback that can do that, absolutely, draft that guy. Okay, but if it's just simply, oh, I can't work another year with Russ, so I got to take a quarterback that at least I know he's going to be better than Russ. You can't take that guy at twelve. Okay, no so way. let's say you trade down from twelve to let's call it twenty four, kind of where where Aaron Rodgers and. Jordan Love and yeah. some of these guys were taken. Kenny Pickett. And you, 
See what I did there? Well, yeah, I do see what you did there. <laughs> but Kenny Pickett has tiny little oh, hands. Okay, all right. Don't you can't trade down to twenty four and take somebody with tiny little hands. I know. Okay, that's just that's. Or you trade all the way back to Lamar Jackson, thirty whatever. Right. And let's say you're just assuming there's a guy you like that's going to be. Let's say it's McCarthy, it's Penix, it's whoever, mm-hmm. and you accumulate another draft pick. Okay, that. Then I can I can get on then board you can with, live that. with that. Yeah. Okay. I can get on board with that. Mm-hmm. But but taking a quarterback at twelve just with the idea that well, I don't know if he's going to be as good as Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Lamar, Herbert, you know any of those guys, but at least he'll be better than Russ. He can't. He, that that can't be them. That can't be the motivation. Can't. Well, you're still going to, regardless, if you get yourself a young quarterback, you're still going to have to build your roster. And you need to build it, you know, ultimately, you need to build it through the draft because of the savings you get through the draft and because you're not overpaying guys in the draft. Anyhow. Uh, Let's see. I saw this uh, floating around. The fact that Kyle Shanahan said he spoke with his analytics team before the game decided if it went to overtime, they would take the ball first, tells me Kyle Shanahan needs a new analytics team. Were you surprised when they when the coin toss was won by San Francisco? Were you was your first gut reaction? Were you surprised they took the ball? My first well, my first because I had kind of worked it out in my head, and I was like, you'd to me you defer it there unless your defense is wiped out. That's what I thought. Like, my defense is exhausted, wiped out, and I'm going to give them a break, try to punch one in and see if we can't, you know, stop them. Um, But my initial thought was give them the ball first so that they can't walk us off. I was surprised. Yeah. We see it in college football all the time. Nobody takes the ball first time in overtime. Mm-hmm. You always want to know what you have to do, and I do. I do like the idea that you you create a scenario where we go into every uh, uh, you know first and ten, knowing we have four plays. Yeah. Whereas you don't have that luxury if you take the ball first, because then you are thinking about well, exactly like the scenario that San Francisco found themselves in, fourth and four at the at the nine. And deciding, we'll kick the field goal. You get the ball the second time. Mm-hmm. There's no no <clears throat> right. There's no decision to make. You go for it. Kind of like what Nick Sirianni said early in the season before you know the the Eagles fell apart when they started the season ten and one, and everybody was talking about the you know the fourth and down the the you know brotherly shove and all that stuff. He said we start every drive at third or at first and nine. Because we're going to convert with a brotherly shove, you know. And it's the same thing kind of thought process is, hey, man, four downs. We're good. By the way, do you – because you look at Kansas City. I'll give Kyle Shanahan some grace here. So San Francisco – Kansas City goes down and scores that game-tying field goal, mm-hmm. basically to force overtime, right? There's a, There was a kneel down at the end there for Correct. Kansas City but, – or for San Francisco. But it was an 11-play – 64-yard drive that took two minutes. 11 plays. Mm-hmm. That defense was out there. But then you had the kickoff, 
You had the kneel down. Mm-hmm. You had the the coin toss, mm-hmm. the commercial break. Yeah, in real time, it's probably eight, ten minutes, right? So let me ask you, is that enough time for yeah. a defense to, to, to rest? recover? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Then then Kyle blew it. And then the other thing Kyle blew it. Then the other thing you had too is in that they were playing a lot of soft zone. So it was just rally up and making tackles. It wasn't like you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like you're getting bludgeoned in the running game. That's that exhausts the defense. So yeah, you should have deferred. 